Hello, and welcome to the Evergreen Way podcast, where we explore how to be a healthy leader for the long haul. My name is Andy Needham, and I get to serve on the team with Converge Northeast. Today, we're bringing you an amazing conversation with Candice Fish. I've gotten to know Candice over the last year. She actually serves with the Converge International Missions team, uh, working with church engagement. She's also on our team in Converge Northeast, helping us with our SEND initiative, sending global workers around the world. And what you're going to hear today is a conversation that really is a lot of her story in terms of her unique calling and the path that God led her on, which was full of twists and turns and surprises. And I just so appreciated her insight about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Uh, And I think you're going to resonate with a lot of her story. She also will talk a little bit about her work with international missions. And, you know, I've never found a church that doesn't value missions, or maybe I should say that doesn't say that they value global missions. But if we're honest, sometimes it's really easy for that work to just become a line item on the budget or maybe some names on a bulletin board. And I feel like God's calling us to more as we live out the great commission, but where to start is such a a tough question. And so Candice leads a a process that we get to help churches with, with discerning the good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do among the nations, especially among the world's least reach people groups. And this is called the 210 Focus Church Missions Coaching. And really, it's not about trying to get churches to sign up to support converged missionaries, which we love when they do, but that's not really the intent of it at all. Really, it is all about ensuring that your existing relationships and your overall vision align with who God has made you as a church to be and the way that he has equipped you and what he's put on your heart. It's just an important thing. And it's sometimes it's just so helpful in those things to have an outside voice walk into that process and be able to lead you through those conversations. And that's what Candace and a lot of our team with I am on the church engagement side do. And so that is actually a free process. If you're a Converge uh, member church, we would love to engage with you about that. Please reach out to us at Converge Northeast. You can email me, Andy, at convergenortheast.org. Direct message us on social media. Reach out through the website. But we'd love to let you know about that. And if you're not a Converge church, or as I like to often say, you're not yet a Converge church, that option is still available to you. So we'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to engage this 210 Focus Church Missions Coaching. I want to remind you one more time that we are getting closer and closer to our one-day event, our Evergreen One Day. It's a summit, a a day of learning together, of real um, just interactive, small rooms with incredible teachers. Really what you're getting is uh, instructors and leaders who are going to guide conversations who often would be keynotes at larger conferences. But here you get access uh, into small classroom environments and be able to engage around our principles of spiritual formation of effective communication, kingdom leadership, and spiritual friendship. The Evergreen One Day is coming up this June, June 21st in Avon, Connecticut. It's a very affordable day, something you can bring your whole team uh, to. And while our ministry cohort really does focus on young and uh, what we would call mid-career leaders, the One Day is really open to all ages. If you're young at heart, if you're still a lifelong learner, if you realize that you still have a ways to go in your formation of becoming more and more like Jesus, then this is a day for you. So if you're a church staff or a lay leader, 
this is just an incredible uh, place. Marketplace leaders, you're more than welcome to be a part of this as well. Uh, it's just, just be a super helpful uh, time for you to recenter and refocus on these critical themes. So that's on June 21st, Avon, Connecticut, and I'd love to see you there. Details are on our website, convergenortheast.org. Well, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to jump into this rich conversation with Candace Fish. Here is my conversation. Today, I have the privilege of having a newer friend to me and now ministry partner, a part of our international missions team with Converge, and then also now part of Converge Northeast, Candace Fish. Uh, and I found out today your, your official title, new title, promotion title is Church Mobilization Associate. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means, but we're also going to get to hear your story today. So thanks so much, Candace, for jumping on. Oh, thanks, Andy, so much for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here, and um, I'm looking forward to sharing just what God has um, for me to share. Yeah, I, I'm i super excited, uh, as you mentioned, to be part of the Converge International Ministries team serving as Church Mobilization Associate. I've been doing that now since 2020, uh, so launch into that ministry during a unique time, um, and it's been a ton of fun to just walk alongside churches serving them as we connect them to the global opportunities around the world, um, as well as serving with Converge Northeast as the international ministries coordinator and serving our churches in specifically the Northeast region. So um, we're going to get unpack that role more as we go along today, because there's a lot to that. And I love what yeah. your team is doing. I love the way we're coming alongside churches and helping them reimagine and refocus um, and even see the great things that they're doing in international missions. Um, but for, for you in this phase of life, you've had uh, some fun transitions of life stage, not just vocationally, but in your family and yeah. uh, you call Connecticut home. Uh, so yeah, give give the listeners a little bit of sense of what life day to day looks like for you in terms of home life, where you call home, and even where you worship. Sure. So uh, my husband Brian and I call Windsor Locks, Connecticut, home. So anybody that knows that town probably knows that that's where the airport is. Uh, we live there with our soon to be eight month old daughter Sophia. Um, so yeah, had a little bit of a life change as we go through. Um, life as new parents, um, parenting, um, an eight-month-old who wants to be walking, um, and we are attending uh, Wittenberry Church in Bloomfield, Connecticut, which is also another converged church in the region. That's great. It's a great church. I uh, love, love the team there, and uh, got yeah. to see you and your beautiful daughter and amazing husband uh, not too long ago when I get to be yeah, part of a yeah. Sunday morning there. So that's great. Um, so zoom back out a little bit though um, in your story. Uh, give us a little sense of where did faith intersect with your background and uh, what does it look like to like where maybe a few milestone moments in your journey with Jesus? Yeah. So I am a pastor's kid. Both of my parents uh, are pastors. Um, I am originally from Florida. Um and so I had the unique privilege growing up in a godly home, um, accepted Christ very young at seven. Um, and I have now looking back, um, I see that I had the privilege of being part of congregations and part of church families that were very diverse. Um, so there were multiple times where 
we were serving at churches where we were um, the minority um, being Anglo. And so um, it was a ton of fun growing up where church services um, were done in different languages. Uh, we had steel pan bands and orchestras. Um, we had multiple hours of service and then curried lunches afterwards. Um, so we, I just got to feel the presence of different nations and different cultures um, early on. And I thought that was normative. I, I assumed that that was what church was like for everybody. Um, so I think that that really was a milestone moment for me. Um, but it didn't really click until I started um, discovering church for myself and honestly moving up to um, New England and seeing um, just what other churches ex experiences were like. Um, so that was definitely a milestone moment for me, um, just being embedded in a ton of different culture. Um, and it really, it really allowed me to appreciate how God um, created each one of us uniquely um, and how all of our cultures are interwoven um, and how he respects and just delights in each and every one of them um, and the uniqueness and how we have a role as a body of Christ to reach all of those cultures and all of those peoples as we look at kingdom and expanding his kingdom. So that's a huge milestone for me. Um, it's just part of how growing did you up. end up from Florida to Connecticut? Those are not the same. They are not at all. <laughs> They're a little bit of a world apart uh, sometimes. And um, so I went to college um, in Florida, Central Florida. Um, and so did my husband, who is a Connecticut native. And there's um, a story right there. Yep. <laughs> there's a story. It was a man. It was, it was a boy. <laughs> um, and so he, um, we were engaged at the time. He had a job first and it happened to be back in Connecticut. Um, and we thought, okay, I'm going to, we're going to do this stent in Connecticut. Um, we are going to, I was planning on going back to grad school for my master's in social work. And I was like, all right, once I'm done grad school, like we're going overseas, like that's what we're doing. We're going to serve somewhere else. Um, I'm going to work at a nonprofit an international nonprofit. And that's where God's going to call us. Um, and here we are, 10 years later, still in Connecticut. <laughs> That's great. And now now with a growing family, which is an exciting thing. Uh, you mentioned Absolutely. Uh, some really beautiful parts of your story in terms of the nations and um, you know, your experience as a pastor's kid was you know, overwhelmingly positive. Are there other people along your journey who have been, you would say like, man, this person was a spiritual mother, spiritual father to me that really uh, helped shape who I am as a disciple of Jesus? Absolutely. I think my parents are integral to that. Um, my parents and I, we still have a great relationship. Um, they really, in addition to being my spiritual mothers and fathers, are you know, are my physical mother and father are my spiritual mentors. Um, it's funny now that I'm in ministry and my dad is a pastor, we like talk shop. Um, so it's just this unique relationship as we enter, as I entered into adulthood. Um, and so that's still very much... Um, there's still very much an integral part in my growth um, from a professional, even in spiritual development. But I think that in addition to them, um, I had a friend that I'd been 
I've been friends with her since I was eight. We've been friends. Um, and her mom was one of the spiritual mentors in my life. She was my Sunday school teacher. She um, actually was in the same preschool that I went to. Um, but, you know, don't really remember those days. Um, but she just really spoke into my life um, and just impressed upon a godly She's a godly woman who sought after God's own heart um, for her family, um, for just her children, um, and had this passion and usefulness um, and this energy for life um, that was just this, the source was Jesus. Um, and that's what she attributed everything to. And so she is definitely um, somebody when I look back in moments of turmoil or stress or tension um, or like decision making. Um, in addition to my parents, I definitely sought her advice um, and she took me to Jesus. It sounds like you um, have had a, a sweet journey with Jesus that has led you to some unexpected places, um, whether that be Connecticut or not in international uh, nonprofit work, but sort of doing that in a different way now from a, a kingdom perspective, which is great. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, in that journey, I mean, I know now you're you're serving and continue to grow uh, in your influence and leadership and our international missions mm -hmm. team with Converge. Um, but how did that how did that come to be? How did God surprise you with that one? Yeah. So being a pastor's kid, I think like you can go in one of two directions. Either like you like fly into ministry and you're like, that's it. Like I'm going to be a minister. Like I'm going to do all the things like the church is my, the church is my place. It's my tribe. Um, I did not have as much as I had a wonderful experience in the church. Um, and it's a beautiful place. I was like, yeah, I, I really, like I had mentioned earlier, I have a degree, um, studying social work. Um, and, um, I worked with immigrants and refugees. So I thought I was going to be doing something in the international development world. Um, and God rocked me by causing all funding sources for what I was currently doing in the city of Hartford to dry up. So I became unemployed, like pretty much overnight. Um, and for a period of six months, he just broke my identity and what I had falsely believed was my identity and reworked that to build it up and who I was in him. Um, and kind of brought me to a place from, from a strong pride in who I was in my accomplishments and my performance to a daughter of Christ, um, a daughter of the King who has, who has plans for me that he prepared for me. Um, and so it was really during that season of desert where I was just, you know, wondering why, what was happening, um, honestly applying for every job outside of Connecticut again, because we thought that that was going to be an opportunity for us to leave the area. Um, that it was just, it was just, no, like you need to be planted here. Like I have planted you here. You need to build roots. This is where you need to be. And I was like, but I still have a passion for the nations. I still have a passion to see the gospel spread around the world. Like, how is that? How can I do that from Connecticut? a very dark place um, comparatively to Florida, in my opinion, um, you know, my naive opinion. Um, how can I do that? And um, somebody from 
the church we were attending at the time approached me and said, hey, do you want to join church staff? And at this point, I was like at wit's end for application. Um, I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to do ministry. <laughs> but I was I have so no job, but I still don't want to do that. <laughs> that is still that is still not what I want to do. This does not sound like a good idea. Um, and I fought it. And then, um, you know, my husband and I, we prayed about it. And he's like, honestly, I think you should go for it. And what the, the changing point in that application and in that um, job description was, I was going to see uh, um, hospitality and a couple of other things, but they added missions and outreach halfway through my interview process um, because they were reorganizing the staff. Um, and I, it was just God smiling and saying, no, like I've got you, you're still going to be able to have this passion. You're still going to be able to do this. Um, and so for three years, I worked um, in that role wearing multiple hats as you do when you um, work in ministry and work at a church and work anywhere, really. Um, but that passion piece of missions and outreach and seeing the gospel evangelized throughout the world, here, near, and far, um, happened at that local church, which happens to be a converged church and part of that converged network of churches. Um, so, yeah, I had that unique platform. God moment where he just really smiled on me for multiple, multiple things. Well, and it's easy to, you know, in hindsight, look back and see, I mean, I'd even just a quick glance at your story, the upbringing that you had, the, even the training you had, even working in secular nonprofit environments, and then being on staff at a church, how that all that weaves together so beautifully. It didn't probably feel that way at the time. <laughs> we don't right. know the tapestry that God's building as He's as He's writing our story. The works that He's prepared in advance for us to walk in doesn't always feel mm-hmm. like He's preparing us for anything as we're in that journey. But um, it's very clear that God has you uh, in the seat that He has you in now. So, uh, talk about the transition to be on the inner. I mean, I, it's been fun for me. I've I've been around Converge since I grew up in a church that was a part of the old BGC network. And the church that I'm sitting in recording this today, we were a part of for 11 years uh, That is a converged church, served on the board. But I have been so encouraged to see the way that international miss- missions, which has always been a value in a lot of our churches, but the way that it's been re, uh, maybe refocused might be the right phrase, um, both in terms of sure. the people groups that we're looking at, the way we engage the church, uh, and uh, I think a, a huge one, um, and we're not the only movement doing this, but focusing on building up native leaders uh, in the countries right. that we're working in. Um, so those are the, the things that are exciting about it. And I, I'm excited to hear more about it, but how did you end up on that team? Uh, God, like it, it was another thing that, um, I, because I attended a, attended and served on a converged church, uh, converge, uh, international ministries has a, a biennial conference called the reach conference for, um, evangelism and outreach. And, I, I went, I said, Hey, (laughs) we have like professional development in our budget and this is something I want to go to. So in June of 2018, I attended the reach conference, um, in Indianapolis and, um, it's, it was the first time that I had actually had any exposure to Converge International Ministries. Um, and because previously our church was working with a few other organizations who we were sending teams through different um, organizing groups and stuff. But it was the first time 
that I heard, I heard the fact that over 70,000 people a day will have been born, lived, and died never hearing a credible presentation of the gospel. And I sat there in my chair and I just sobbed because I said that's, that's unacceptable. It's, it's absolutely unacceptable that we live in a world today with all of our technology, with all of the opportunity that we have. We live in a global society. How is it still the case that a third of our world still has no access to the gospel? And I said, I can't, I, there's, I, I came back from that conference and I said, something has got to change. Um, and so it really was a work in my heart to just consider what God was calling me into. It was a shift. Um, but it was at that conference that God is so cool. I had, I am not an, I'm not an extrovert. I am like the, the typical introvert. So like, at lunchtime, if I could like sit in a room by myself and read a book at a conference, that's even like my conferences are like a nightmare for you. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, Like I need, I need lunchtime or like those quiet times to just like go in a corner and be by myself. Um, but I said, God, this conference is different. I need to talk to people. I'm, I need to grow. You need to stretch me and encourage me. So I sat down to lunch at a table and I, yeah, I sat down and um, this gentleman and his wife come over and they say, hey, how's it going? Where are you from? We're getting to know each other. They introduce themselves as Ivan and Susan. And I'm just like, I love you people. You're amazing. Like, let's let's talk. They live in Florida. Um, they're, you know, they've been pastors for a while. We're just like sharing our story. Um, and then another couple come over, Kevin and Anne, and I'm so excited they're here in Maryland at the time they are pastoring a church where one third of their population is deaf and they have interpreted services in an American sign language and I'm just like getting jazzed up talking to these people I was like these people are awesome like let's go and then literally the next session after lunch um Ivan gets up on stage and it's Ivan Beltheisen vice president of international ministries um and it, it was just a God moment, right? Like meeting those people um, and meeting their wives. And then Kevin and his wife, Anne, um, are, his, Kevin is the director of the U.S. engagement team, which was at the time a new team that had just launched to serve the churches um, and on behalf of Converge International Ministries and in partnership with Converge International Ministries, serve the churches so that they can reach the nation. And he was organizing a team of people to help our converged churches um, and serve them and come alongside of them and walk them through different resources and tools and opportunities so that they can do what God has asked them to do and prepared for them in advance to do um, amongst the nations. And through that experience and then through meeting my teammate, um, Jimmy Smith, my current teammate, Jimmy Smith, um, he was presenting some materials about the 210 Focus uh, coaching. And I was like, this coaching thing is amazing. I want to bring it back to my church. Like, how do I do that? Um, we would love to discern where God's calling us to serve and have a focus initiative that's strategic. Like, let's go. Like, why? Let, I'm, I want to sign up for this. 
Um, and so he's like, actually, we had the opportunity um, and we're looking for more coaches to volunteer to learn this training. Um, would you consider doing that? So in 2018, I got trained, trained in the 210 focus coaching um, and I started volunteering coaching and through through that event, um, that was another milestone event where um, God just placed the right people in my path um, and placed me at the right lunch table as a wow. introvert. <laughs> well, so um, a, a footnote, it, like that was my first uh, Converge National Conference I, I've attended. I was oh, helping the district uh, through a transition season in that time. And I do remember Ivan's keynote. Um, yeah. and you know, this wasn't tens of thousands of people, but it was a large event at a large church. And just to see God's providence, uh, for the introvert to take the courage to have lunch <laughs> with somebody and God to <laughs> appoint the people that you needed to connect with, uh, is, uh, that's cool to get to hear that, um, that, that moment. We didn't even know each other at the time we we're in the same space. So that's a, that's a, I know, thing. I know. So, yeah. So with the, the coaching, I mean, it sounds like obviously, um, you, you formed these relationships and partnership and God just continued to give. Sort right. of step changes into more in engagement in that. So what did that journey look like? Um, so it was a prayerful journey for about a year and a half um, of saying like, God, like I'm settled into my role at the church. Like I'm actually enjoying ministry <laughs> at the local church level. Um, and that conference so shifted something. And um, I just said like, wow, like I, this training, this coaching, I could walk alongside thousands of churches and help them and serve them as they discern how God's calling them to make an impact in expanding his kingdom. Like that's, that's big. Like that's, that's what I want to be a part of. Like I want to see something crazy happen. And so um, I started exploring that process Um and the vision of Converge International Ministries is what captured me and continues to capture me on a daily basis. And that vision is we are asking God for a gospel movement among every least reached people group in our generation. And it's such a big vision <laughs> that you have to have God at the center of it. Um, so the fact that we are God dependent um, it just speaks to the, the grandioseness of what we're asking him for um, because a gospel movement isn't something that is small. Um, a gospel movement is defined by a rapid spread of the gospel that is three generations deep and three streams wide. So out of one community, three churches will be planted and that will plant four streams or four generations deep. And so it's this rapid spread that is not just something that is addition. It is multiplication. It is transforming leaders. It is something that once it happens, gospel movement, it no longer needs outside force for it to continue to spread. So it's this, this concept of it could need a spark from outside influence by a Western organization or by um, a missionary or a global worker couple or a family unit or a worker team. But a gospel movement is then something that a national movement, so nationals that work within that people group 
can be sustaining um, that gospel movement. Um, and we talk about least reached people groups in Convergent or National Ministries all the time. Um, and that definition is amongst the people group, which is a like language, a like culture of that people group. It's defined as least reached when 4% or less are evangelical Christian representation, which at that point, 4% or less means that there is no chance for a gospel movement to happen on its own. It needs outside influence. And so in the world today, there are over 6,000 least reached people groups, and that is about a third of the world. Um, And so we just hit the what is it, eight or nine billion mark um, of population growth. And so, you know, we're looking at that and it's billions and billions of people um, that there is no believer in their village. There is no church within walking distance, which is a unique definition um, because, you know, public transit, isn't always available or affordable. Um, not everybody owns a vehicle around the world. Um, within walking distance, y- you have to be able to, um, yeah, it, it, there's nomadic tribes. Um, places are hard to get to. Um, so there's no believer in their village, no church within walking distance, and there is no Bible in their language, a completed Bible within their native tongue. Um, their heart language that they communicate in. And so, um, yeah, and we want to, at Converge International Ministries, see that happen in this generation. So within the next 20 to 40 years. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's kind of like when you share it that way, it's like, sign me up, let's do it. <laughs> which is, which and it's is exactly, yeah. it's exactly it's, what that was. So it looks, you know, so I went through on a journey of God just saying, like, being obedient to you in this role looks a little scary. Like the vision statement, I was fully behind. Like, let's sign me up. Let's yes. go. Let me. I want to join the team. Um, and yeah. then I had some conversations, and joining the team was, we want you to join the team. We think that you will be a great coach and um, walking alongside churches within the process of helping them discern where God has them to serve amongst the nations as he's uniquely designed their congregation to serve amongst the nations. Um, But your role is support raised. And at the time I say, but your role is support raised because now I say, and I get to have a ministry team that supports me and walks along this journey with me. Um, And that was like a hitch for me to really live in this space of dependence that I hadn't previously. It felt very reminiscent to my time when I was unemployed of like God breaking down my identity. He was like, do you trust me? Do you really trust me to provide? Um, And so I live it. I, I still live in that space right? As you are continually developing and support raising and developing your ministry partners and are on a discipleship journey with each and every one of them. Um, But I think that, yeah, that journey from local church staff to serving in this missionary role on the Converge International Ministries U.S. engagement team 
um, is a constant obedience and dependency on God that I didn't think I would. It's just a unique experience that I didn't think that I would ever have to be. I don't want to say have to be in, um, but that I would experience. Um, but it's something unique that pushes you in a different direction um, in, on your faith journey that I didn't expect. The do, yeah. Do you trust me? I mean, what a beautiful question that, you know, our, our maker, our redeemer is continually like inviting us into, you know, I was just sharing, um, in with some students at a college about, you know, it, it was part of a, a missions event actually put on by international missions. And we we're going through acts one, eight and acts one, eight, you know, we kind of get to the Jerusalem, Judea, you know, and Samaria and the ends of the earth part, but we often skip over the, you will receive power when the spirit comes upon you part of it, which we have promised now as believers in Christ. And, um, you know, it just forced me to think about, and then to kind of posit the question to this group of students, like if, if what, you know, if God didn't exist, would your life actually change? Like sometimes as believers, like we will take the gospel, we'll take that part. Like, okay, yeah, I want to get into heaven, like God free access to you. But then we end up structuring everything about our lives in this sort of undependent, independent, comfortable orientation. And I think that that's been one of the strangleholds that God's had on Western Christianity. I mean, I, I've struggled, yeah. this is one of the gods of our culture. So I struggle with this is not like I haven't figured out everybody else, you guys get on board, but God's invitation, if you're going to follow in obedience to him, it's going to look different for every person listening to this, but Absolutely. God's invitation is going to be, do you trust me? Like that's going to be yeah. for the the whole journey through, like until we are in glory, that will be the journey. And so, um, yeah, I, I can remember certain inflection points in my life where I took a big step and I thought, okay, God, I did it. And God's like, all right, right. that was good. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's do another step. Let's keep <laughs> Yeah, good yeah. So. Yeah. I think that in that season, it was, do you trust me? And now it's morphed into like, yes, God, I trust you. But he's asking, then will you obey me? And I think that there's a dis- yeah. Yeah, like is there is there's a distinction between the two of saying like, yeah, God, I totally trust you, but the action of our trust in Him is a just unashamed, unabashed obedience to Him, even when it looks crazy to not just the world, but our fellow Christian brothers and sisters. Um, and so that has been just like, yeah, this pivot point of just. Okay. Like, yeah, you can say you trust me and that's great. That's what I, I want you to trust me, but do you obey me? Um, do you walk with me? Um, so yeah, that's been a really interesting journey. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's a great, um, just place uh, again, as we kind of say here for just a minute to think about too, cause I think, you know, we talk a lot, um, as a team about, um, the need for workers, right. The need for international workers, the need for local right. workers, and there has been this shift, uh, again, even in some Christian circles where around the dinner table, the nobility of the idea of like, I'll, I want to go to the nations or I want to become a pastor mm-hmm. or I want to, uh, it's like, well, why don't you go get a business degree and do something, you know, you can do ministry as a hobby. Um, and right. it's, I mean, I, we let, most people are called to marketplace ministry. So that I completely endorse, but I do think there's something that's been lost in this generation about the nobility of, of, for some people, there is a calling to do to count mm-hmm. the cost, to lay it all down, 
to go to places where no one else will go to do things that no one else will do and get to experience aspects of God's character and nature that most people don't get to experience. Um, and that's a real privilege of, of being in, in ministry. So I hope that there are some people listening here who God is stirring, and this is an affirmation that they need to go to a missionary assessment center or a church planning assessment center or some, yeah, get more involved at your church. I don't know what it is. I, I cannot prescribe that for, for the people listening, but um, don't ignore the pull of God uh, in that direction because there's a great gift of ongoing dependence and intimacy with Christ that it cannot be experienced without obedience, as you mentioned. So that's a yeah. great thing. So um, sure. I want to talk a little bit more about what you actually do in your role. Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to say this again, um, and we're not the only tribe with Converge that's doing this well, but I love the mutuality of learning that's happening in, in the Northeast. We really want to model this. That's why we've kind of brought you mm-hmm. even more deeply onto our team in the Northeast, because we want to learn from IM. Uh, there are things that are happening. I'm bringing some pastors over to Africa in a couple of weeks. And part of it is it's not like, let's just go be nice to all the missionaries, which we, we're going to bring them some great stuff and we're going to have fun. But at the same time, what I want to do is say, hey, let's learn about the disciple making processes that are working in other parts of the world that we could actually import back into our yeah. country. And in the Northeast, especially in a post-Christian culture, I tell people all the time, some of our communities depending on which metrics you use, could qualify as unreached people groups. Uh, that 4% number, yeah, there's plenty of yeah. towns that don't have 4% of people. So there's a lot of mutuality in this. And I think the opportunity for churches is um, to enter into these conversations. What is God's calling for our Jerusalem, our Judea, and our Samaria, and the ends of the earth? And you do a great job of helping churches um, get coached through this. And it's not just, here's our roster of missionaries. It's much deeper, much more relational, much more seeking the heartbeat of each local church. So could you unpack some of the things that you're involved in and how you're helping churches? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you said that well in that it's, it's, there's so many places that we could go. I think Billy Graham said, like, you could throw a dart, you, you could throw a dart on dartboard and like, you can't take the gospel to the wrong address. Right. Like you <laughs> pre- presenting a gospel anywhere and everywhere is an amazing thing. Um, but what is unique, not, not to converge international ministries alone, but what is unique to what, to our vision statement is that aspect of least reached people groups. There, there are areas in the world that are Christian and that their predominant religion is Christianity. I mean, you can even say that, like you said, with the United States, um, but there are pockets of those, which is why we look at least reached people groups instead of geographic locations, because Nigeria is a Christian nation, but there are thousands of least reached people groups that live within the Nigerian borders. And so how are we working to see gospel movements, to see churches planted, to see transformational leaders developed in that area? And, and we believe at Converge International Ministries, God has a plan A and no plan B for making this happen. And God's plan A is the local church. His plan A from the beginning was his bride sharing and making disciples who make disciples around the world here, near, and far, um, you know, Acts 1-8. And we are empowered to do that. And I think that what's unique um, about what we have as one of our resources within our team and our coaching team is the 210 focus coaching. And it's based off of Ephesians 210, for we are his workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. And as this is written to the church at Ephesus, we believe this for the individual, for sure. Um, but we, we believe this for local church communities. Um, we know that there are good works that he's prepared in advance for those churches to do among the nations. Um, but the piece that we start by focusing on is he has crafted, he has created a masterpiece within that local body by setting unique gifts and talents and passions and resources that just are waiting to be untapped, that we get to through the process of discovery of unearthing this DNA of looking at what unique talents are there, um, whether it's people that are in law or, you know, construction or business owners, entrepreneurs, um, different language speakers, um, all of these things were just like, we're trying to unearth and say, God, what are you doing? Um, and the best part about this process is it's not something that we come in with an idea of where God's calling you to go. Um, and honestly, I would say 90% of time, 90% of the time when I'm walking through this process with a church and facilitating the process, I'm wrong. Like I, I have like an idea. I'm like, Oh, that would be fun. That would be a unique connection. And God's like, nah, like that's just, that's just not where they're going to connect. Like I need, I need them to be here. They're going to do something amazing that only this church can do within this community, within this people group. Um, and so it's a unique discernment process that the church walks through and we walk alongside of them and we discern alongside of them based on their, who they uniquely are handcrafted and created to be, the opportunities that are there around the world and kind of matching them together. So they under, this church goes through a process of understanding who they are. They're presented with many opportunities around the world. They take time to discern. They start kind of a dating process with a couple of people, um, a couple of different partners. And it's a mutual relationship that Andy, you mentioned earlier, is mutually beneficial because it is. And, and we tell them and we're, you know, we encourage them. We say, like, this is a learning process for you, too. You're going to see things that are happening with church planting, with outreach opportunities, with um, how they're sharing the gospel that you're going to want to you're going to want to explore for your context. Um, I'm currently coaching a church in uh, West Hartford. And the partner that they have chosen is heavily involved in international student uh, ministry at local universities. And they're like, wait a second. We like within a mile, we have, I think like within five miles, they have three universities. And they're like, I wonder, could we do this? I think we might, we could possibly do this. You know, so wow. it's, it's, it's going to be so cool to see how God just gives inspiration and encouragement to both partners as they work together to see the kingdom spread, not only in a least reached area of the world, but also back in West Hartford, um, here in our context. Um, and so it's just a really, every time I'm blown away by what God does um, and how he leads a church 
and unifies that church. Um, the process of just everybody coming together to pray and seek God is something that I think doesn't always happen when we look at strategically revisiting or refocusing a program or how we are doing ministry. Um, and so yeah, that is, I love that. that's just, yeah, that's something that I think in this process and, and, and in this coaching and cause I've done community development, this is something that's just totally different and it, and it changes things. Yeah. So I, I think with, um, you know, this is a great resource that we have for our churches. And, you know, if you're a pastor that's listening here, like this is a great way just to unleash the laity and the great leaders in your church, be a part of the process. Obviously we want leaders Absolutely. and pastors to be a part of this, but, um, you know, missions can, every, no church would deny the missions is a priority. I've yet to meet that church that would just say, no, we don't really care about that. But functionally, oftentimes it becomes a program, like you said, or a line item on a budget or a bulletin board that we haven't changed in 15 years. Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean that there's not good work. Like the, the, not, those dollars are not all wasted. Like, But the opportunity, I think, especially coming out of the pandemic where we're kind of saying, okay, let's, if we're going to recalibrate, we have to reallocate. Like the re, if right. we're going to recalibrate our missions, then we need to reallocate our energy, our people, and even our resources. And let's do that in a way that aligns with where our church is headed and see missions, not as a program, but as an extension of the mission of this community of faith, which is what exactly what you're doing. Like you're, you're really bringing it integrated when discipleship or missions becomes a program, we're headed in the wrong direction right. when they become integrated right. values of the church that extend who we are, which is exactly what your process coaches, then yeah. you're unlocking the, the, the very best of the potential of the local church. Um, and right. so this is, um, you know, I just want to encourage churches to take part in this. And for, if you are listening and you're a part of the Converge network, this is one of those things that, um, we are able to offer to you at no cost. And if you're not a Converge church, or as I like to say, you're not a Converge church yet, um, then, uh, talk to us, but we also do have ways of engaging with that, um, as well. So how can people reach out if they want to know more? about a coaching process that would help their church, this 210 discovery process, um, what would be a, a next step for somebody if they want to connect with you or with the process? Yeah. So anybody is, you can contact me um, at any point. Um, I'm here to serve the church's email, um, even cell phone. Like I give that out freely as you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I love it. Right <laughs> I am, I am. Um, but it's because I, I want to be, I want to be available, um, to the, to the people that need this resource, um, because I believe in it wholeheartedly and I believe in the work that Converge International Ministries is doing and, um, how we are operating within countries among least reached people groups, empowering and mobilizing national workers, um, to be church planters, um, and just how much of a difference, um, yeah, the local church here in the United States can um, can walk alongside and partner with ministry and live into the mission alongside of that. I think that um, if people are interested in more, we do have a website. Um, so you can go to um, the Converge website 
and click on missions and then churches. And that gives an overview of who our team is. Um, it, we are a team that does more than just coaching. Um, so we are available to coach. There's a section also for connecting. So we have a team that specializes in connecting churches that are doing like-minded things among like-minded people groups and serving people groups. And so we want to say like, hey, if there's a church in Washington State and a church in Massachusetts, and they're both working with Japanese people locally or even internationally, we want to connect them. We want them working on best practices. We want them talking how they're doing things. Maybe they're even going to the same community. So let's not both do Noah and the Ark when we go and do a Bible program over our summer missions trip. Like let's be strategic and like, let's do things, let's do things well. But more importantly, that connection team forms global prayer networks around our Converge initiatives, and we are praying for gospel movement and breakthrough. Well, Candice, um, I love the, I mean, your passion is infectious for this. And I mean, this has been just a joyful conversation. And I just love the conversation about, do you trust me, obe- obeying God? Um, and how can we do that as individuals? How can we do that as communities of believers mm-hmm. and churches and get more in God, really join God in his mission? Uh, around the Absolutely. world and uh, seeing that in awesome ways. So yeah, reach out if you're uh, the website she mentioned will work. Also feel free to reach out to us. We will connect you for sure. You can DM us on any of our Converge Northeast social media. We would be thrilled to be able to make those connections. So thanks so much for the time today, Candice. It's been great having you on. Oh, thank you so much, Andy. It's a pleasure to just share um, a little bit of the passion that I have. I could talk for hours, but I'm just happy. <laughs> Um, yeah, to be here and share what God has. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Evergreen Way podcast. On behalf of our entire team at Converge Northeast, it is a privilege to bring you these conversations to help you be a healthy leader for the long haul. We would love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at Converge Northeast and send us a message. That's an easy way to connect with us. Or you can send me an email directly, andy at convergenortheast.org. We'd love to know what you think of the podcast, ideas you might have, or even suggestions for potential guests in the future. Please remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you would, do us the favor, leave us a review. Let us know what you think and help other people discover this resource. Until next time, this is Andy Needham with Converge Northeast. Thanks so much for tuning in. 